Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Nobody wants to lose to the Jets. Okay, I'm just going to come out there and say that right off the bat. You don't want to lose to the Jets. You don't want to do it at home. I'm sure a lot of people are a little down in the dumps today on a Monday in Pittsburgh. But I really wasn't this morning. No. Not as much as I thought I would be after a 1-3 start and a loss to the New York Jets. We said going into this game, it's a must win. It is. If and it you was. lose this game, okay. you sit at one and three, and then your next four opponents have what? A combined uh what Buffalo has Buffalo's one loss. lost once. Tampa's lost a couple times. I think just they once. Look oh, good. They, just, they lost. just lost last night. Right. So that's two. Yeah. Miami has one loss Miami's and Philly's got still one. unbeaten. So these are four of the best teams in the NFL. Hard tests coming up. So you could you could easily say if you lose to the Jets, you could enter the bye week with a one and seven record. But I kind of like the upside with this team now. I don't know if I kind of like the upside because I'm not really ready to say what that upside is yet. I don't even think that, you know, I have optimism maybe moving forward. Mm. But there's a lot of intrigue now because it's about watching this young quarterback develop. The genie's out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. None of us in this room expected to be put back in. It's really hard to do to put genies back in bottles, by the way. I wouldn't recommend it if you're going to try. I think unless there's an injury yes. or a performance that was, not to be too critical, but worse than what you saw out of Mitch Trubisky yes. through, the, through the first three and a half games of the season, that Kenny will start for the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, I don't see any reason why you go backwards now that you've, you know, hit that switch. You tried. You tried it out with Mitch. I think you got more than enough of a fair chance. Uh, oh, I mean, absolutely. You get three, three and a half games. games yeah. And they just weren't scoring enough touchdowns. It really just comes down to that. Uh, was he turning the ball over egregiously? No. No. That was one of his best strengths is protecting the football. But the, the two main ingredients that got baked into the I'm going to get benched cake that Mitch Trubisky was eating yesterday was not scoring enough touchdowns. The mm-hmm. offense was being forced to except Chris Boswell field goals are stalling out. And we saw a stat on the TV before the game started that the Steelers are failing on third, or the Steelers go three and out 31% of the time. Which is the worst in the NFL. Yeah. So, so three out of th- ten times. They, a third of the time. They average three ten and outs a game pretty much. Or three three and outs a game pretty much. And out, of, out of an average of ten possessions per game. Those were the two things that... <laughs> There were a multitude of factors that worked against him, but the 
number one and number two causes are you didn't get the ball in the end zone enough and you didn't keep the offense on the field with long, sustained drives enough. And it reached its breaking point in that first half against the Jets Mm -hmm. when I think there were points to be had by the offense, and I think Tomlin thought that too. So when he looks up at the scoreboard running into the tunnel at halftime and sees it 10-6, to and we only have that six because my kicker is one of the best kickers in the league and nails a 59-yarder at the death before halftime, he's probably sitting there thinking, we left at least 10 points on the board. One of these field goals needed to be a touchdown. Maybe another touchdown here or there. I have to make the switch. Yeah, I mean, it <clears throat> It took a career best 59-yard field goal out of Chris Boswell to get you to that six points. Congratulations, Chris. I mean, yeah, he's one, he's he's... Somehow, under the radar, when he's having one of the best careers ever for a kicker, it's just because he's playing at the same time as Justin Tucker. But the guy, I mean, continues to hit from 50 yards out. 59, it wouldn't shock me if he hit 60 at one point in his career. But that's what it takes for you to get onto the board, right, Tom? It took a 59-yard field goal. I mean, you're asking your defense or your offense to really essentially say, okay, you're going to start about the 25, 30-ish yard line every time, and you're going to go about 20 yards in total to set up a boss field goal for 59 yards. That's essentially what that offense was expected of, and that was the result, right? You got that 59-yard field goal. You got the shorter one from Boz earlier in that game. It's just, it was not enough. I mean, if you are rocking with, I mean, God forbid, Josh Scobie, who was the guy who came in before Chris Boswell, there was a reason that the Steelers had to go to Chris Boswell because Josh Scobie was so horrible, then it would be six to nothing Jets, or it would be 10 to nothing Jets. Well, I mean, Boswell could have missed the 59 yarder too. You never want to just give oh, that yeah, to right. your kicker. But you so. had the Steelers had no and, and Tomlin had no choice. Exactly. Mitch Trubisky was 7-for-13 for 84 yards. Uh, he did throw an interception. Um, Kenny, of course, threw three interceptions. So, uh, first and foremost, can't turn the ball over four times. No. I mean, your defense gets two picks of Zach Wilson. They do their job about taking the ball away. Minka Fitzpatrick is a stud. He is one of the best players in the NFL. And I would say one of the only guys that has really, I don't want to say stepped up because this is kind of what Minka does, but he's been a stalwart where a lot of guys haven't taken that next step with TJ's absence to really Yeah, help you kind of look to Cam Hayward to have filled in that, that I look hole. at a lot of them. Yeah, sure. And not 39, though. 39's been doing— Perfect. Seriously, he's missed an interception in one game this I'd year. I'd say 39 and 56 have been the two best. Well, I got some bones to pick with 56. Okay, Zach we'll Wilson was a little slippery against him. He was. Had a couple of plays he should have made. Uh, Batman probably makes those plays, I'm just saying. But you're right, we'll get to Highsmith in a little bit. The biggest difference between Kenny and Mitch's stat line, though, aside from the turnovers, mm-hmm. 9.2 yards per completion for Kenny, 6.5 yeah. for Mitch. We saw the ball get pushed down the field a little bit more. We saw the middle of the field being used a little Finally. bit more. So my theory of you put the guy in and now we get to shine the light on what the problem is, is it just tentative quarterback play on Trubisky or Canada not calling the right plays? Kind of seeing a little bit of the answer come to fruition there, I think, when you get a quarterback like Kenny that's willing to push the ball down the field more, throw the ball into coverage a little bit, and try to make their playmakers make a play. I agree. I think that Mitch finally 
kind of recognize that this offense isn't going to score unless you use that middle of the field area. And you saw him finally kind of attack that zone, get George Pickens involved early on too, which is something that you said that the team really needed to do. You were saying that George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth both need to be more involved for this offense to really click. They, they were bo- involved. They both were. Both it's, had career days. Yes. And I think you said five and a half catches for both. They went the over, over on the receptions. And you Six said for you Pickens, said for seven both. for Fryermuth. I said I couldn't see it with Mitch a quarterback for the whole game. I couldn't see it happening. For the for both of them, I could see maybe for one, but with the ball being spread around or needed to be spread around, and with as you mentioned the lack of yards per completion, I just didn't see that with George Pickens being a deep threat or or someone who can you really you can really use at any length down the field. He wasn't gonna get those short targets that Pat Fryermuth would get so easily. So that's why I said I would go for the over only on one guy. I just wasn't sure which. But you saw Mitch finally kind of try to get the offense flowing with multiple people going down. Uh, you mean at, Kenny? Huh? No, I'm saying You're Mitch. You're talking about Mitch did this? Uh, yeah. Just for the first time all year is really uh, what I saw. You don't think so? Not really. My, 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 my point that I'm trying to make is that Kenny came out from the gun and started doing it. Whereas Mitch, it seemed like it took him... In every game, it would take him time to get more and more comfortable getting more guys involved. Whereas Kenny, in his first in his first start, yes, he had a couple of long uh, interceptions on long balls, but he was throwing the ball. He was attacking deep down the field. He was attacking even in in shorter uh, yards to gain in, in like ten to twenty yards to gain kind of scenarios. A lot of people today are probably looking at this, and like I said, it didn't feel as big of a loss as it actually was just because of the new the newfound excitement with the quarterback switch being made and the juice that Kenny was able to install in the offense. With that being said, I think a lot of people would sit here and give him a grade of like a B plus or an A minus. I would give Kenny a grade of probably a C plus in his debut. I think the Claypool think interception yeah. f- there's a little bit of guilt to be passed around on all parties there. Could Claypool, Claypool make a stronger play on that ball and make a catch? Yeah, he could. Or even one step further, he could have knocked that ball away and played defense. But the fact of the matter is, when you watch that play and you hear people that know what they're talking about when it comes to quarterback play, if Pickett leads Claypool there, that's one-on-one coverage, and he might even be able to blow by the safety, and that should be a touchdown. So... Bit of guilt to go around to both parties. Underthrown by Kenny Pickett for sure. You know, people will say, oh, you throw in a double coverage. He kind of made it double coverage by allowing the guy that Claypool's already beaten to catch up to him, who eventually, I think it was Whitehead, who eventually caused or wound up with the ball a little pit on pit crime there uh, for the Jets' turnover. And then the last one, you know, in the moment, you think, oh, Fryman should have caught that ball. Mm-hmm. Then you hear the post game, and Kenny says, mm-hmm. wasn't even trying to go to Firemuth. I was trying right. to get the ball out of bounds. Could go one or two ways there. One, Kenny's just taking the heat for the problem. You know, Maybe he was going to Firemuth, but instead he's like, hey, that was totally my fault. That was supposed to go over everybody's head. Or B, it was supposed to go over everybody's head, and he missed through it, which will happen to a rookie. These are some of the growing pains you go through. But, Jacob, I look at that interception now on Monday morning, and that's absolutely on Kenny. He can't throw that football. He's got to have the arm strength to either get it into the popcorn vendor's popcorn or just take the sack and punt the ball and right. let fight another day. If you if you go for either of those, right, take the sack 
or you throw it way out of bounds. It, the questionable thing to me, Tom, was the fact that he decided to go across the field rather than look down his left side where he already was. And just throw it away. And just throw it away in that direction. Yeah, and you know what? I but think if, if either of those results happen, out of bounds throw, you take the sack, the Jets will, will get the ball back on a punt, most likely either in the end zone or somewhere between the 20-yard line and the goal line. So... Instead of giving them the ball about midfield, you're you're pushing them back an extra thirty yards at the minimum, and you're lo- you're slowing down all momentum because an interception, a turnover, creates all that momentum. Yeah, Kenny, the reason why he would roll right there, I mean, that's just comfortable, right? Yeah. I mean, that's. Th- but here's the thing that I want to watch now moving forward, and this is why you know to go back to what I started the episode with, I have this like this intrigue now and this enthusiasm for watching the process. Kenny should not have made that throw. It contributed towards the loss. It's why I'm giving him a C-plus grade right now, because he should know better than that even at this point. But I'm also not going to be upset that he doesn't know better than that. I can't wait to see the next time he's in the same spot. Third down, you're trying to get this first down. Pressure just comes flying through. Your line doesn't hold up. Are you going to try to do that again, or are you going to make sure this ball goes over everybody's heads? Are you going to make sure that you take a sack just kind of turtle right away so you don't lose as many yardage as possible. We got to watch the learning curve now, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the main thing that is going to keep this 2022 season intriguing. Of course they can still rally. They've rallied from bigger holes before, but it doesn't look that great right now. Unless you look at it from the perspective of let's try to get as many wins as we can with this new kid under mm-hmm. center and let's hope that we see the learning curve, you know, continue to progress as the season goes and this kid starts to get the game and think the game a lot more. So next time he's in that same situation, just a hunch on what we've seen from the kids so far and watching him for the past couple of years at the college team, he's going to pick up on that stuff. Next time, he's going to drill someone in the third row in the head with that football because he's going to be able to make sure it gets out of there. So it's all part of that learning process, and that's why, you know, you get a sour taste in your mouth against the, you lose to the Jets and you had a chance to ice the game and you, you throw were, that interception. You were up by 10 points yeah, at one point. Yeah, so you get that little meh in your mouth, but you got to kind of stomach that right now because even though he's really NFL ready and I think the switch had to be made, get ready for some growing pains, Pittsburgh. It happens with every rookie quarterback. Yeah, I mean, this, this stat does not matter, but Kenny is not the first quarterback to make his NFL debut and throw – Three interceptions in a game. Peyton. Let's throw that third one out too. I mean, yeah, that that really, Hail Mary. That's like the Najee fumble from like, the Cleveland game. Yeah, like get that out of here. Where everyone was saying, "Oh, well, he finished with a, a less than hundred yards on the ground and a fumble." Well, that fumble really wasn't a fumble. He was just lateraling to create a, a fumble ruski kind of play, and Cleveland got it. Yeah, that's so not a that's not a real two, NFL. Fumble. Two real picks, and then one is out of desperation. That counts, of course, in the stat book, but. It's one of those things where you can't just be a you know a, a stat book guy or a box score guy. Sure, you gotta yeah, you watch gotta the game. understand the a game. A box score guy yeah. is gonna be like, wow, three picks, that stinks. It was really only two. Okay, well, if you want to pull that card, oh, he he stunk. First quarterback since the AFL NFL merger to make his debut and have two rushing touchdowns in the game. So, I mean, which which stats are you gonna cherry pick here? That's a good stat, but let me just go devil's advocate on you on that one. Massive apple to Minka Fitzpatrick on the first rushing touchdown. I mean, as big of an assist you can get in the NFL. I mean, he should have gotten a half a touchdown for that. Minka. Yeah, I mean, 
But that's why you have a guy like Minka on your defense, so that the offense doesn't have to stress that much about a touchdown. You know, we said all week leading up to this game, defense, you got to go win this game. Don't care what the offense does. Don't let the Jets score more than 10 points, create turnovers, create pressure, win the football game. Minka tried his damn best to do it right there, and he set the offense up in great field position. But the guts from Kenny for the sneaks on the goal line and the mm-hmm. sneak in his own territory on fourth down. On fourth down earlier in the game, yeah. You saw the power. You saw that this kid's got strength, and he's got the size to be an NFL quarterback there. And then the second one was just a good read by him to say, you know what, forget it. Why do I force this into a tight window? I'm going to take it and run it. Had to go through contact, too. Mm-hmm. Wasn't like he strolled into the end zone untouched. He was hit at about the two, two one-and-a-half-yard line, he had to take some bodies for a ride Second for about effort, a half a yard, yeah. one yard to get in. So, good stat by you, and it counts again, just like how it counts that he's the tenth most rushing touchdowns in the NFL so far <laughs> with his two touchdowns. But did get, a, did get a massive assist with his what? With his what? With his two tutties, two tutties on the ground. But massive assist from Minka there, and again, I'm not trying to like I am using it as a negative. I said I'm playing devil's advocate, but that's just fact. You still have to finish it off, so credit for Kenny for getting into the end zone after that. But, yeah, a lot of help from the defense on that first rushing touchdown for sure. And I I, I got to be honest with you, I wish Minka would have just gotten in. To I kind of too. Two pick sixes on the year already. <laughs> I mean, well, so now he has how many interceptions on the year? Three picks in the year. He's only not got a pick in one game. In the Cleveland against game. Cleveland. I mean, the guy is truly playing at a defensive player of the year caliber right now. I'd say money well spent. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we were okay writing those checks. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like, literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. But getting back to Kenny, I, I think that when you when you examine the tape, right, because as you said, you can be the box score kind of guy and say, oh, well, he had three interceptions and he didn't have a, a, ton, a crap ton of yards. But if you look at the tape, Tom, to me, what I love the most is the confidence in attacking down the field and his ability to get the ball into his teammates' hands. I know he had three interceptions. I think he finished the day with like a 75% completion like, rating. Uh, I mean, he's 10 for 13. Kenny Pickett has yet to have an NFL pass hit the ground. Hit the ground? No. He's hit somebody in the hands at right. least every single time. 10 for 13 with three interceptions. There you go. So I yeah, mean, his completion percentage is through the roof. It's a, it's a small sample Technically, size. Technically, it's 100%. Yeah. It's a small sample size, but it, it's still... I think if you were extrapolated over a whole game, I'm not trying to say you would throw six interceptions in the game, but you, you would take 75% completion percentage rating, wouldn't you? Every day of the week. Yeah. 
That's what an, and that's what a new NFL quarterback has to be able to do. You have to be in the seven. You have to be like that the, is that is a new... that is a fifteen point percentage jump from Mitch's average on the season, which was about sixty going into this game, to seventy five percent for Kenny today or the, yesterday. The new rather. standard in the NFL is to get close to the 70s with your completion percentage. You know, it's not anymore where, oh, if you have a 64% completion percentage, you can live with that. Or th- Those days are gone. These guys want efficient quarterbacks that really only have an incompletion three out of ten times they throw the ball. So I do get encouraged by his efficiency in the completion game. Of course, those <laughs> three interceptions do count, uh, and I'm not going to try to – you know, take anything away from that. But, you know, you got guys like Aaron Rodgers at 69, Brady's at 68, Allen's at 67. Like, and those are only going to get better as the season goes mm-hmm. on. You, you got to be sniffing around that 70 spot. Like, we can't all be Geno Smith and be completing 77% of our passes. And that's going to come down. But that's to why he's eventually. the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now, okay? <laughs> and, and you can't measure yourself to the standards of a Geno Smith. No, but I, the efficiency's there. The NFL arm is there. We saw that on the play where Quinn and Williams just. I mean, he baptized Kenny Pickett on that play. Yeah. That was your welcome to the NFL moment from an Alabama guy who's been here for a couple years. But he got that thing out of there with a lot of mustard right into Fryermuth and set up the second rushing touchdown mm-hmm. for Kenny Pickett of the day. So, Which I think that pass to Fryermuth was the best pass. It was a bullet. It was an absolute day. dime of a pass with it's pressure a, in your face. It's the a, second best pass of the day, back shoulder fade to George Pickens. To George Pickens, On a third yes. down when you need to get that first down. If you look at it too, Tom, George Pickens had a worse chance to make that catch than Chase Claypool had on his his ball that was eventually intercepted. Almost the same where George Pickens kind of had to adjust because, as you said, it was the back shoulder. It really kind of, you're watching that game again. We're talking about the interceptions. That Chase Claypool ball really could have ended up in his hands, if not playing defense, just bang the ball Just bang that ball out of there. Pickens is going to emerge, I think, as the season moves along as the legit number two. Well, the, he, had, he had his first career 100-yard game. Yep. Frymouth had a career high with 85 I think, yards. I think uh, Pickens also had a career high in, in targets and receptions I mean, yesterday. Na- naturally, because he averaged, like, what, two or three a game. Yeah, right. It wasn't that hard. Point. Yeah, so six catches, 102 yards, and eight targets for George Pickens. Phenomenal day for him. Frymouth, like I said, the 85 yards is a career high for him, which is surprising, honestly. That 85 that is, yards? That that's a career high. I mean, you but expect break, that number to get He'll break up. the century yeah, mark I, I agree. In fact, I'd predict that happened this year. Very quiet day from Deontay. That yeah. might have more to do with young Mr. Sauce Gardner on the other side of that field. Though. Sure. That is a really good up-and-coming defensive back, getting better every week, and he's kind of swinging that bat with a— no offense to Deontay, but he just went toe-to-toe 12 rounds with Jamar Chase last week. I'm sure swinging that baseball bat feels a little bit lighter against Deontay Johnson. And I'll say this, too. I will take a, a quiet day. I know individuals want to have big days— but you'll take a quiet day from Deontay if it means career highs from Pat Frymouth, from George Pickens. Jalen Warren got involved. We can talk briefly if you want to about that run, that that fumble. That's that what pick. you're supposed to do. When your number one is taken away by great talent on the other side, you let your Tyler other Boyd guys, and T. Higgins yeah. need to step up, which they did. Frymouth and Pickens need to step up. Claypool does too. Two out of the three of those guys uh-huh. did. But, like, even Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. That was best day on the ground for Najee Absolutely. Harris. 4.1 yards per carry. Absolutely. I mean, that's a hard pill to swallow to say four yards per carry is your best day of the year. Well, but You give him the ball a couple more times, he probably breaks 100 yards. And, the, again, I'll go back to that Jalen Warren uh, fumbled snap or that fumble toss. If that toss is That's fumbled, on Kenny. 
It's on Kenny. Yeah, that but was if, short it, if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen, Jalen Warren has a hole that can go for about 20 yards in that play. That play was set up perfectly. It was just a, a, an unfortunate handoff by Kenny. Yeah, I mean, again, that's part of the learning curve that yeah, gonna, and the growing pains that you're going to have to go through with now a rookie quarterback. Uh, the one thing you saw out of Kenny though was the moment wasn't too big for him, and no. I think that's so important because veterans on a team are not going to be as gung ho as the civilians are to hand the reins off to a rookie quarterback. We all remember Alan Fanica's famous quote. Mm-hmm. When they asked him about how you feel about the quarterback being a rookie now with Ben came in, he said it just it sucks. Like I hate playing with a rookie right. quarterback. That aged like milk. But <laughs> some of them age like fine wine, and they're right that these guys just aren't up to speed enough to command these troops. I don't think, and if there was anybody in that locker room that kind of had maybe that vibe in the back of their head, I think it got put to bed yesterday because you saw him out there, very calm. He said in his post game, he told the coaches, "We're not closing this playbook at all. I am on top of every play that we have. Let this thing rip. You know, don't handcuff yourself just because I'm out there." Like showing those kind of leadership qualities and the confidence that he has. And I mean, he gets drilled by Quinn and Williams and completes that path to fire with, and he's up and he's smiling and he's jawing back at the Jets players like. The kid is oozing confidence, and that rubs off to your teammates, and that lets you guys, the, the other guys in the huddle know we're in pretty decent hands. Like, hey, things are going to be frustrating because of the rookie, but this guy's got some confidence. I think that's the key word is confidence because you mentioned how the welcome to the NFL moment for him was that hit by Quinton Williams, but it happened it on that completion to Pat Firemuth, and then what, two plays later, three plays later, one play later, he waltzes into the end zone. But again, it was on a great move that he made. Both of his rushing touchdowns were impressive if you watch them. Right? The first one Their showed a lot second of second effort. Yeah, a lot a, of strength. The first one was a lot of second effort. The second one showed a really great move to avoid the defender to get the to get the small hole into the end zone. I thought both runs were equally impressive for different reasons. But to 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 continue down that path of of him having a lot of confidence, he had that that huge hit by Quinton Williams, and if not the next play, if not the the play after that, he's running again. He's running. He's running into the end zone for a tour, a, a score. No, the guy, like Harbaugh said in the uh, one of his thirty for thirty, not thirty for thirty, one of his like ESPN sixty like quarterback runs. Okay, the body craves contact. Kenny Pickett craves the contact. He wants it. He doesn't shy away from it. He needs it. It's like a lifeblood for him. I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit, but that's what he shows. He shows yes. that he's not afraid to get hit. He's not afraid to take an NFL hit and then go back. And, you know, some quarterbacks get hit by Quentin Williams there, and they're like, you know what, while I'm rolling out here, I don't want to get drilled by safety again. Let's just throw this thing up. Maybe Pickens catches it. Maybe he doesn't. Like, he's like, nope, screw it. I'm going into the teeth of the defense. No one's open. I'm open. I'm going to run it three, four yards into the end zone for a touchdown. His ability to run the ball is something that I think we'll see more and more Dave Damashek pointed this out on Twitter before the change was made and everybody on Twitter was debating about making the change. He said one thing that rookie quarterbacks have a tendency to do is when the pocket breaks down, the first read's not there, he feels the pressure, they bolt. And obviously, as you work your way through the NFL, that's not always the best case. You need to be able to reset the pocket, make one guy miss, stay in there, go through your reads. But it might be a good case for this team. Because I think that was happening to Mitch a little bit, and you saw the tentativeness to try to break out of the pocket and run, or maybe you wanted to stay there a little bit longer to see if something could develop. I don't mind seeing a little bit of first reads not open, I feel the pressure, I'm going to bolt for six yards. 
I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. A negative. No, yeah. and I think that it's something that can help this offense kind of get you know a little bit of balance with it. I know it's not your traditional style of running, but you can still gouge them on the ro- on the ground six, seven yards at a time if Kenny is willing to break out of the pocket and use his legs. And we saw that against the Jets more than Mitch was willing to do. Going to be interesting to see now, Buffalo week, I mean – I'm sure there's going to be a lot of times against Buffalo where everybody's covered downfield. Be interesting to see if Kenny's going to be able to make some plays with his feet. Uh, you but know, kind of like you just said with the contact thing, don't have any doubts that he's going to be willing to take off and run. Right, and it's it's going to be a tough first test when when you consider it'll be if Tomlin makes the announcement tomorrow. We so aren't sure, really, Tom, if Tomlin tomorrow will say Kenny's going to start or Mitch is going to start. We assume that once you've made that switch, that you're going to go with Kenny. But we haven't really heard, and there wasn't really much given away to us yesterday in Tomlin's post-game press conference that— I bet he's mum the whole week. I bet the team knows right now. Like, you go to the facility today, I bet the team knows who's starting. At least that's what Charlie Batch was saying on the post-game mm-hmm. last night. Like, you can do whatever you want to the media and the public, but you got to let the team know Monday morning. Like, you, they have to know who they're riding with into Buffalo. It's too big of a game. It's I too think, big of an I opponent. think it is going to be Kenny, too. I think it is, too, and I think they know that. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they asked tomorrow and Tomlin's like, we'll decide that as right. we distribute reps moving through the week or something like what that. What I do like, though, is this week is you know whether or not he's going to start the game on Sunday, he's going to get the chance throughout the week to take first-team reps. Which is something he did not have. Right, exactly, all season long. Do you find that hard to believe, or I don't? I really, no, don't when think, you're I really don't think Tomlin planned this change. I think it's just something that happened to him and he reacted in the moment. I agree because from what we've seen, why would he limit himself by saying, I'm only going to give Mitch first team reps here? Right. Like he wanted and Mitch to break out in this Jets game. Absolutely. That's he what did. the main the main goal was. Let's have Mitch score some touchdowns and let's have Get this some offense confidence rolling in the Buffalo. Yeah. And then that didn't happen. But like, here's the thing is that I, I agree with you. I think that Tomlin was riding with Mitch. Until I think the brakes kind of fell off or the wheels kind of fell off of that train. Because why would he say, oh, I'll consider throwing Kenny in or I'll consider starting Kenny in this game. And so therefore I should give him first team reps throughout the week. That didn't happen at all. But he, it will this week. It will. this. That's what I'm excited for is that now he's going to get the chance to go out there with the first teamers and get that experience and not just come out of a halftime of a 13 minute halftime. In meetings right. with Matt Canada, uh, with Mike, Mike Sullivan, Sullivan, and have only that short period amount of time to get ready, to get in the zone, to come out and, and actually play a real NFL regular season game. Check out the Steelers Week in Review. It's hosted each week by Wesley Euler. It is a recap of the previous game as well as a look at the Steelers' next opponent. New episodes drop every Tuesday, and they are available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Spent, obviously, entire first episode talking about Pickett, talking about the quarterbacks. Kind of hard not to. There was more at fault yesterday towards the Steelers' loss than just the quarterback turning the ball over both Mitch and Kenny Pickett and the offense's play. The defense was below the line. Uh, We said all week leading into this game, got to win the football game for us defense. They had Mm -hmm. plenty of chances to do it and came up short. We'll break down the defensive side of the ball and probably inevitably talk a little bit more Pickett as well. (laughs) He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman, and you're listening to the Steelers Standard.
With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.